This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now live from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Dave McCann. What is good? BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Friday. What's up? May 6th. Thanks for being here. I'm Jerem Jordan, teamed up with the man who loves his mother, Dave McCann. I do love my mother. She had 10 of us, five boys and five girls. She's on her fifth church mission. Doing them all without our dad, who passed away 24 years ago. She's super mom to us, as I hope every mom is super mom to to their kids. So uh, we love her. Happy Mother's Day to all moms everywhere. That's one thing we all have in common. The entire human race has a mother. And so happy Mother's Day to everybody, and we'll make it a good weekend. Absolutely. Shout out to my mom, a single mom, when I was 11, and uh, we turned out all right. So good job, Mom. Some are still a work in progress, but we really like your momentum. I think you got great momentum (laughs) for the next 20 years. Yes, my sisters turn out way better than me. Things are trending in the right direction. Exactly. Happy (laughs) uh, Mother's Day weekend to everybody. Okay, here's the show lineup. Do you want to play Utah every year as a member of the Big 12 football? We're going to discuss. This is a thought we've had. How many Power Fives do you want uh, on the schedule, right? Uh, we'll discuss. The always opinionated Brady Papinga will join the show to discuss that. Big 12 expectations, NIL. Cougars add more depth to the offensive line. Where's the next position group that needs to be ready for the Power Five leap? And the NCAA looks at flopping in hoops. I think this is a good thing, but what does it mean? Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Our friend Kyle Van Noy signs with the Chargers, who've been building up their defense here in the offseason. Terms of the deal not disclosed publicly as of yet. Van Noy inked the deal after being released by New England, won two Super Bowls back there, played in 16 games in 2021, 66 tackles, five sacks, 10 passes defended, forced to fumble, and a pick six. He'll be great for San Diego. While it wasn't, uh, or for L.A. Or for L.A. that was once in San Diego. I was saying that yesterday as well. (laughs) He had his greatest game in the Chargers stadium. Yeah. I think there's sort of some Chargers energy there, right? Which is awesome. I hope so. Baseball beat Pepperdine 4-2 last night in game one of a three-game series in Malibu. Game two tonight at 6 Eastern on the BYU radio app. Uh, BYU a half game ahead of Pepperdine now in the league because uh, the head-to-head in seventh. Got to get in that top six to qualify for the conference. This is a huge series. Huge. Even though the teams aren't anywhere near first place. Softballs at Pacific, a doubleheader later tonight. They'll play again tomorrow. BYU's 35-10. and They've won 10 in a row, but they remain in second place in the WCC with six conference games to play. We wish them well tonight. 50 in the RPI, hoping to kind of be in a good at-large spot. So far, it seems like they are. Track and Field competes in the Oregon Twilight at Hayward Field in Eugene, Oregon. Uh, In June, they'll compete in the Nationals at that same track, so a little bit of a precursor there. Crews have 16 different athletes ranked in the top 10. Now, ranked isn't an opinion. It's a fact because it's merit-based on what you've run or thrown or whatever. So BYU bringing in track. It's hard to keep track and field, uh, you know. There's so many things going on. Yes. Uh, I just like at the end, did we win? Did we lose? Did somebody? How'd yeah. things go? Michaela Clough and Cam Tucker play in NWSL matches this weekend. Tucker and Gotham FC take on the San Diego Wave Saturday, 10 Eastern. Clough and the Orlando Pride face Angel City FC Sunday at 6 Eastern. Uh, Kevin Durant uh, just became a minority owner of Gotham FC. So, nice. Uh, involved. Perhaps the coolest team name in professional sports. It's pretty cool. Pretty awesome. 
All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. All right, the Big 12 is a year away for BYU. It comes with a new schedule, one with eight or nine conference games. That's still TBD, plus non-conference, of course. Cougars like to challenge themselves, and they will be unlike any other group in program history, Dave. But how many Power 5 games do you want on a schedule, and do you want Utah to be one of them in every year in football in the Big 12 era? I don't care how many P5s are on the schedule as long as that one is on the schedule. BYU and Utah, they should play every year. They've played almost every year since 1922, I think. Uh, yeah, and play at the first game of the year. Let all the talk go all summer long. Have jets fly overhead before they come out. And let us celebrate life with the biggest game in the state. It's a statewide celebration. It's got to be played every year. I don't, I don't even care of the ramifications of our schedule might be too tough for this or that. This is why fans pay money to go to the football game. This is why they put on a BYU or a Utah shirt. It is for this week and this game. And then everything else, you know, has its place. A Pac-12 championship, a Big 12 championship, without question, that would be huge. And will it happen every year? No. Will this game happen every year? It can. It's very controllable, right? Um, from the, the year I moved to Utah as a kid was 1995, and I started going to this game. And I went to this game in person there or here every year until I became the producer of Countdown to Kickoff, and I couldn't go up to the game. Right. I'd stay here until 2012. So this game means so much to me personally. I know you love it as well. Yes, I agree with you. I would love for BYU to play Utah every year in the Big 12. I don't know that that's a big uh, question or concern with fans. To me, it's the next step. It's, okay, do you also want another high-profile Power 5 game on the schedule? Because as you alluded to, Utah has said, we sort of have this ABC option here. If we don't play BYU, we're gonna, we have to replace it with someone that's significant. Florida is the game the next two years, so they don't play BYU. Um, and the, But I think for the Cougars, I still want Utah – I am undecided still. I love the idea, of course, but I'm talking, what's, what's the point of BYU football? It's, it's to win. It's to compete. It's to entertain, and it's to bond the alumni, right? Yeah, those, because that's where the true money comes from. Sure. People sending their kids to school, buying yeah. their shirts, and, yeah. and investing. Would the Big 12 schedule and Utah be enough to sort of supply um, a compelling schedule every year without uh, another team? So, for example... Next year, BYU is going to play perhaps the toughest schedule it's ever played because it's going to play a Big 12 schedule, and it's not going to get rid of Tennessee on September 2nd right. or at Arkansas in Week 3 on September 16th. BYU is not going to say no to those two. So uh, you're going to play at least 10 Power 5 games, perhaps 11 if the league chooses 9. We still don't know that. So that's my question is, do you still want that next game? Like if you have a chance to play at Oregon or – Alabama or whatever, do you say no because, oh, we already have a really tough schedule? I, I wonder what BYU does. I would lean on the BYU is going to say yes to the high-profile games. They've not said no in the past, it feels like. But they've they, needed the games as an independent. They've needed the games. Yes. And they've needed Utah. Utah's not needed BYU, and they've often said that. We don't need you guys anymore. Right. We're over here. Right. Well, when BYU's in the Big 12, neither need team it. needs each other. So will BYU still choose it? Yeah. I wonder. Because so. in 23, they will. They will choose it. Um, but in 24, at Utah's schedule, do you still play at NC State? Now, you say, NC State, is that that big of a tough of a game? No. So I would say that one's fine. I'm talking about the way more high-profile ones. Like, look at 26. 
you've got to cancel several of these already, right? You got Arizona, you got at Miami. I love that game. At Miami, we can resurrect the 90 highlights, right? We don't resurrect the 89 highlights of that game either. Like at Virginia Tech, which one do you keep and why? But but don't give me Utah Tech in place of Utah. Don't give me Idaho State in place of Utah. And and it's never going to not be a tough game. But you're charging me top dollar. And and every year you raise my prices. Utah went to the Rose Bowl, got a big payday. They Wait a minute, around. Dave, you ain't paying. They, but I'm talking about the fan in general. <laughs> I've got to work those games. But Utah went to the Rose Bowl, got a big payday. They turned around and raised ticket prices 11% for this coming season. They didn't send their boosters, hey, here's a check back. Fan, That's I know we've been gouging checks. you for years. Here's some money back because we want all this money. It's like, no, how can we get more? Yeah. And when BYU joins the Big 12, they're going to raise ticket prices. It's just going to happen. It's what, these, it's what businesses do. So as a fan, we're continuing to pay. And you know what? The schedule really doesn't affect our individual life. It might affect the coach who's getting millions of dollars. It might affect the players who are getting money. We're paying them through NIL. Everyone's getting money. The fan is the one paying the money. Give them at least one game that they have built their life around, that they're obsessed with, that yeah. the media is obsessed with, yeah. that's a state holiday type thing, and, and have it be this game. And once you decide we're playing it every year, then the debate goes away, and then you work with the rest of the schedule. But BYU doesn't get to play Texas every year in the Big 12, and Utah can only play USC one time. They're not every week. And a lot of those other games are like, they're so-so games. The BYU-Utah game is never a so-so game in the state. Yeah, it's always compelling no matter, you know, perhaps the most compelling game ever was 2000 when neither game team made a bowl game. Like, yeah. It was crazy, right? Lavelle's last game. So let's play this out. Like, realistically, I think when BYU gets to the Big 12, the goal is, okay, uh, go 500 or better, right? Like, be and in non-conference, hopefully you're 2-1, and 3-1 and one or whatever, and now you're in the 8-9 range and you're – compelling you're interesting right you want to get to the 10 plus range and go six and two in league and play in a big 12 title and whatnot if you stack too many in non-conference you just risk sort of having a season that matters although what will matter when BYU is in the big 12 beating Utah always matters uh and then you want to get to the big 12 title game and see if you can't win that and be in a new year six for the first time ever to get there you've got to be that good and as a pendant, an independent BYU hasn't been, they haven't been deep enough. So that's what we're seeing here in this offseason. When they, when they join the Big 12, they'll be deep, deeper than they've ever been. This next season, as you mentioned, maybe the toughest schedule ever after last season, which may be the toughest schedule ever, they're going to be deeper, bigger, stronger. Uh, those are the teams that play tough schedules and get 10 wins and go play in the big games. And so that's where they got to go no matter who they play. Yeah. Um, I just hate for them to to turn around and and uh, and not play Utah um, because it it of all the twelve games it's the one you can count on it's the one game that everyone talks about the other eleven months yes on both sides even Utah State fans I think talk about BYU and Utah <laughs> I don't think that BYU is going to play Utah State and Boise State very much I'm okay not future. doing that like there are other games to be had yeah but again how tough do you want it to be and. I, I want to ask you this, too. So what Utah has done, replaced BYU with a game that they perceive as better, more high profile. Would you be okay in the future if BYU didn't play Utah in lieu of one of those games? Like if BYU says, you know what, we value the at Miami game in 26 more than playing Utah. Are you okay with that? Or is there a certain level of team that you would say, yes, playing Clemson, neutral site on ABC, I'm cool with that instead of Utah? 
Or do you want to add it to Utah? I'd add it. I'd add it, and I'd put Weber State in between. And or FCS. Idaho State. You have to have an FCS. Or something. Just throw it on. So you don't have to do Murder's Row. But, and, and not every Big 12 team is uh, Oklahoma. Right. Or Oklahoma State. And they're going away in two years. Once yeah. Is yeah. And a lot of those Big 12 teams would be looking forward to playing us because we're not there yet. And so, you know, Kansas might be going, I can't wait to play BYU. Well, then they'll find out BYU is pretty good. But, you know, it's not like they're following us out west going, oh, man. You know, they're probably thinking of Cincinnati or Houston oh, or some of those guys. Oh, Cincinnati and Houston right yeah. now are two big guns coming right. in, although they will fade. Like, remember yeah. UCF a couple years ago? Oh, oh yeah. only lost like one game in two years. They go away. BYU broke them in that bowl game. They just broke them. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. And so. Cincinnati will be good, yeah. but they ain't going to be the – what they've done the last two years was incredible. Like, that was their 83 and 84. And they BYU have a chance. And they're looking the same way as BYU. They say, hey, we're now in the Big 12. Now we can get bigger, stronger, faster. They're feeling like they can come into the league and win it right away. Right. Given the way they've played. But, again, they just had, like, five dudes drafted. Like, they had an unbelievable group. It, it, can they simulate that at this level? Like, I think it, it goes – for me, it goes back to entertainment. And we're in the entertainment business. I'm thinking of Countdown to Kickoff. I'm thinking of After Further Review. I'm thinking of this show. And I'm thinking – uh, you know, life is tough and it's hard and reality's out the door and waiting to beat you down. Sports should still be the invigorating fun thing. And there's no more enjoyable game. And, and, and take it from a guy who's we've covered the last, what, nine BYU-Utah games and the U-28 of them or something like that. Yep. Uh, we that still want the game. That wasn't any fun for us. But the buildup and the game and the energy. Last year when the History. Jets flew over the stadium and then the teams came out, it didn't even matter that it rained a little bit. BYU had lost forever, uh, but the buzz in the stadium was, all right, this is why we went and we got here an hour early and we parked in the boondocks and we bought a cougar tail and a hot dog and I got all my family here and we're going to watch this game. I don't know if we're going to win or not, but this is as big as it gets in the state of Utah. And then the next week, all right, we go to play Baylor and Utah goes and plays USC and they move on to their respective chases of the conference dreams and the bigger bowls but give us one night yeah give us one night exactly are there relatives you love more than jets flying over lavelle edwards stadium like just a couple well my mother <laughs> it's mother's the, day the jets are always awesome but right? i'll tell you what more nothing jets. says nothing says this is a special event like than jets. when jets buzz over it's true yeah. they, don't, they don't show up at the uh you know the games on i think BYU we're gonna TV. have some for the baylor game i have a feeling just Ooh. a gut feeling just a gut feeling. Wait, a gut feeling or gut insider feeling. info here? It's a gut feeling deep inside, <laughs> which makes it insider info. Yeah, yeah very insider. <laughs> Our question of the day, should BYU schedule Utah every year as a member of the Big 12, and why is it yes? Let's hear from you in Voice of the Nation. <laughs> this is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. This is my guy on Twitter, at Jerem Said Change. Nice. He had kind of a unique handle, and I said, hey, I feel like you should – Get a different handle, so that's the handle now. That's the command you have on social media. Just so powerful. Uh, yes, circumstances have obviously changed, but Lavelle used to say, Utah's still Utah and still the biggest game of the year. He was right. This game needs to happen every single year till the second coming. I agree. The only thing that should stop this game is Jesus coming back, at Toby Mac on Twitter. I can understand both sides of the argument. Emotionally, I'd love to see it every year, but assuming a nine-game conference slate, we'll see, and one FCS game, that only leaves one new game every year to add some variety to the schedule. So if they decide every other year is similar, I'll live. Do you have a preference on eight or nine games, by the way, in league? 
I still haven't gotten over the second coming reference. That took it to a whole new level. I didn't ever even imagine. <laughs> know your audience. You going know? to that. Well, I, I, have a, I feel like I knew my audience, but this, I did not know this guy. This guy went, whoa. <laughs> if uh, it's eight, you have one more conference game, and that sort of excites me. But nine is uh, an interesting number as well in league. And with 14 teams and no divisions, at least how it looks like, right? it could be a free-for-all. Maybe we get Oklahoma and Texas, or maybe we don't get either one of them. In the two years. In the two them. years. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't really care. I, I, eight, nine, doesn't matter to me. I'm too excited, too. I, I'm just like, tell us. Yeah. Which, by the way, we're uh, Bob Bowlesby, uh, who's stepping down as commissioner, was in studio and told us that in October they typically release the schedule. Right. We're five months away from knowing who BYU is going to play in a year. Wouldn't it be sweet if Texas is the opener for BYU in, in Provo for oh. the Big 12? Wait, like, is the league going to be petty and vindictive and make Texas and Oklahoma go to BYU Why would they West not? Virginia? Why would they not? We'll see. That'd be fun, man. Or maybe send Texas to Houston yeah. as an, a vindictive move. Yes. And then send Oklahoma out here. That'd be fun. Okay, continue to weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Coming up, how do we define flopping? We saw it all year in college basketball, and we saw a number of interpretations by game officials. Dave will give us a demonstration. And right. former BYU linebacker, Super Bowl champion Brady Papinga on playing Utah, Big 12 expectations, NIL. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Baseball tonight, BYU at Pepperdine, game two of their three-game series with both teams fighting to qualify for the conference tournament. Ryan Brady pitches tonight. You can listen to the action at 6 Eastern on the BYU radio app. Ricker Bell just logging those miles. Yeah. It's like. Down to Pepperdine, spend all week. Like, he, d- he doesn't have to give uh, actual gifts for anyone's birthday or anniversary. He just gives miles. Like, <laughs> travel miles. Just, hey, you want to go somewhere? Here we go. You know, Ronald Reagan used to call ball games not even being at the game. But Greg felt it very important to get down there to Malibu for the week. You know, Someone had to rest. Take in the atmosphere and you know, get rested, and well, he'll be ready tonight. Someone had to be there, man. Yeah. Live in Studio B, Jeremy Jordan alongside Dave McCann. Let's bring in Brady Papinga to talk about all things BYU football, playing Utah, Big 12, NIL, lots to discuss with the former Super Bowl champion. Brady, what's up, man? How you doing? Hey, what's up, guys? Always a pleasure to jump on with you. Thanks for coming on. We uh we always know you bring a strong opinion and well thought out uh, and researched uh, opinion. So let's go. Okay, first off, let's start with our question of the day. When BYU joins the Big Twelve, obviously it's going to be a tougher slate. Eight or nine conference games, still TBD there. But we were asking the question: Should BYU still play Utah every single year? Why not? I mean, they they what forty year, forty minutes up the road there. I mean, why wouldn't you? It's BYU of the North. You got Whittingham up there. You got a bunch of guys that are former BYU guys. I mean, Kalani used to coach there. I just don't, it's just, it's a brotherhood. You know, it's a familial thing. All of a sudden, what? You guys are going to be in, you know, different parts of the country as a family. You're just not going to talk or interact anymore. Pretend, oh, we're not, we're not going to be, we're just pretend you don't exist. I know you're 40 minutes down the road there. That's stupid. Let's just be reasonable here. You got to keep the rivalry going. Uh, you got to play each other. I know it's taxing emotionally and all those kinds of things on each program, but it doesn't matter. It's, it's to me, it's the right thing to do because you're so close and you're so interconnected in so many different ways that it would be just a shame to, to not compete. And the reality is, is Utah proved last year. You can go through the gauntlet of playing BYU and also your, your, your conference schedule and still win the conference and uh, have a phenomenal season. 
even though you may even lose to your uh, your rivalry. So I know, and, and you know, so many people over in Utah, you guys are nuts. Winning and losing that game does not determine the success or failure of the season. I hate when people say that. It's just one game. That was great. It's fun. It's emotional because it is interconnected. I could, I talked about. But Utah also proved that. I mean, they had a phenomenal – they almost – if they could have just had some safety over-the-top help against Ohio State, they almost won the Rose Bowl for the first time in the history of the program. I mean, that would have gone down as one of the greatest seasons in Utah football history, and they lost to our BYU Cougars. So it has to happen, and it's good for both programs, and it's good for the community as long as everybody keeps in the perspective and doesn't go absolutely just crazy drunk on this kind of stuff because most people don't get drunk on alcohol. They get drunk on the rivalry game. And as long as people can stay sober, guess what? We're going to be good. Everybody's going to be fine. And it, like I said, it's going to be mutual beneficial for both programs. And that's really what it's all about. The zealots on the fringes certainly like to uh, have their say, but you're right. Uh, the, the bulk of the state uh, loves and appreciates this game and, and uh, neighbors against neighbors, family members against family members. And as you mentioned, teammates who used to play with each other in high school uh, in that game. What do you think of the mentality of now that BYU is going into the P5 as well, this argument that the schedule's just too hard. We can't have 11 or 12 really hard games. We've got to have some cupcakes in there if we want to get to the promised land, which so few teams ever get to. Well, there has to be some schedule balance, you know, as long as the playoff is going to be a challenge. Um, and as long as other teams are doing it, you know, in terms of their softening their schedule up so that they can basically just focus their energies on their conference games. You have to, you have to be reasonable. You know, I experienced that when we played at BYU. I mean, we played like the first three weeks. It was like Notre Dame, Stanford, USC, Boise state when they had the 50 some odd game home winning streak. I mean, it was a gauntlet. And it's like, yeah, it might have been nice to throw Murray State in there. It might have been nice to throw Weaver State. I don't know. You know, it, it, so that you have to be reasonable with your scheduling. You just can't, you know, play this gauntlet of the schedule because it's inherently going to put you at a great disadvantage. I mean, you got to look at the big picture. You know, if you really want to win a conference championship, if you really want to win a national championship, you have to adapt according to the environment. You know, and if there was a playoff that had, let's say, 16 teams, and it was about playing your best ball at the end of the year, which, by the way, that's a true, that's a true, uh, you could call it structure. That's how every other sport in the history of sports has been. Then, yeah, you may, you may not be afraid to take some chances, you know, and travel across the country or play some teams at home. It actually helps the regular season because you know that if you lose those games or you, you come out of them, you know, kind of struggling, it's not going to be the death knell to your, to your chances of winning a conference championship or even making the playoff to, to win the whole thing. So, you have to be adaptive, you know, and I think Tom does a nice job of that. Kalani's, they're both very reasonable in, in regards to that, and they understand that. And so uh, you just got to go according to the environment. We're talking with Brady Paping on BYU Sports Nation. We're talking about this, too. We don't know if BYU is going to play eight or nine conference games in the Big 12. Certainly if they play eight, there is room for more high-profile games outside of just Utah, right, which is high-profile regardless of how good or bad the Utes are. Um, it, let's say it's nine conference games. You only have three non-conference games. Do you still want BYU to schedule a high-profile other game that isn't Utah in the non-conference? Or is Utah enough uh, to try and, hey, compete in the Big 12 and play in the best bowl you can? Well, I mean, in the current situation, yeah. You're going to – I would say you play Utah and then you find a couple of teams that are – you call them basically glorified practices. You know, you get your starters out there, get them lathered up, and then you get your second guys in there and let them kind of develop, helps your program. Uh, but like I said, you just don't want to over 
tax yourself and all those non-conference games because the conference games are so vital just to have a chance not only to win the conference, but to have access to the playoffs. So, uh, like I said, if the playoff expands to where you have 8, 12, 16 teams, okay, then you can schedule up. You know, you can go after the best schedule possible knowing that that challenge is going to only help your team gain momentum as they start to enter into the latter parts of the season when that's really where you want to be peaking. And in a true playoff system, that's what it rewards. It rewards the teams that make the greatest incremental improvement from week one all the way to the end of the regular season. And so, like I mentioned, my previous answer, it's all about the scheduling environment. It's all about how you win the conference, how you win the championship, how you gain access to winning the national championship. Uh, So I would say in the current situation, you play Utah and then you find really two, two teams that are glorified practices and you take it from there. And then if things change, you, you look to schedule up. I like what you said there about access. Access is now what BYU will have, along with every other P5 in the country when they join the Big 12 here in 14 months. How do you think they'll do out of the gate? And as far as long-term success, how long do you think it'll take before they contend for a Big 12 title? Well, the positive is, so if you compared it, you know, the best thing I could do is just kind of compare it to what other teams have gone through, whether it's Utah or TCU, and they transitioned from the Mountain West to uh, the Big 12 and Pac-12, respectfully, um, they both struggled tremendously because it was such a jump from the Mountain West Conference to those bigger conferences. And, and the biggest adjustment you have to make, I remember this in, in, uh, in the pros, you know, and you hear coaches talk about this too, uh, is that every single week you're playing top-notch talent. I remember the NFL, it's like, you know, uh, every week you're playing like unbelievable running backs and offensive players. And then I compared that to college. It's like, okay, we play USC. Okay, we're playing Reggie Bush. We're playing Lindell White. We're playing Matt Liner. We're playing phenomenal talent. And then the next week, you're just playing guys. You're like, these guys wouldn't even make our second team. You know, <laughs> this is a bad team. We're going to beat these guys. And that and it would kind of be like that, especially like when you're in the Mount West. Now, when you get to the to these P5 conferences, every single week, it is a grind. Every single week, you have to show up sharp, ready to go. You cannot afford to have a down week to where you have any letdowns or else you're going to get beat, even though you're fully capable of beating that opponent. And so to me, it's a mindset change. And the positive with BYU is their independent schedule has actually been even more of a challenging schedule, in my opinion, than a traditional P5 schedule, because the majority of the top P5 teams that they've had to play as independents have either been neutral fields or away games. They haven't had many trotting into Lavelle Edwards Stadium. That's not going to be the case when they have a P5 schedule. They're going to have a nice balance of having to go visit these top teams, and then they're going to have to come to the mountains and play in the elevation and that dry heat, whether it, you know it's at the start of the season. So uh, BYU is more prepared than both TCU and Utah were in jumping up to a P5 schedule because that's just kind of what they've been doing over the last you know four, five, six years, maybe 10 years since they started independence but even a more difficult sense. So I don't think there's going to be as big of a transition period for BYU football. Uh, but the biggest thing they're still going to have to deal with is this, is this image, this self-image idea. I do think last year that was a big reason why they were successful, uh, and that's because it was a validation outside of themselves. That, hey, we are a P5 program. We just got accepted to the Big 12. You know, for years you kind of had to have that mentality on your own, which is far more difficult, and at times – you felt lesser than you felt like, man, maybe we are P5 because there wasn't as much success to get P5 programs. So 
with the schedule they've had independence, I see BYU stepping in, depending on, again, their, their roster. You know, if they, they lose Hall and, the, you know, you're rebuilding your offensive line and defense, you lose all your playmakers, you got to rebuild. Okay, that's by nature, whether you were part of the P5 program or the P5 conference for, you know, 10 years or not, that's going to be a transition because you got to got to got to develop guys to get into those crucial roles. But if, you know, you got established quarterback, Hall's still around and a bunch of these other guys still around, maybe they make some hay in the transfer portal, knowing that guys are going to be able to step right in and play in that environment at BYU, which is electric, and then, you know, play top college football uh, or P5 conference type football, you know, they could do well, you know. So, I mean, like this team this year would be right at the top of the big 12. They would be right there contending as one of the top teams. Uh, but again, next year's a whole nother year. We're talking to Brady Papinga on BYU sports nation. I agree with you. I think BYU got that like new dad strength as a power five engaged team where it was like, Hey, let's old go man strength. We've always had old man strength. <laughs> always, always that, uh, you know, mature 26 year old offensive lineman return missionary. American well, by kids golly, strength. if we could take care of our kids during night, we surely can go out and be an 18 year old, can't we? Oh, heard that excuse from so many stupid so rivalry head coaches. Stop <laughs> making excuses. Go beat us. Yeah. That's what you got to do. Don't sit there and act like we're a bunch of old folks with these old man strength. Anyway, sorry, yeah. I went on a little tangent. No, there, I, I hate it too. I hate <laughs> it too. It's therapy. Let, yeah. Let's talk to you about name, yeah. image, and likeness. Obviously, a huge conversation in, in uh, you know college football and college sports right now. People, uh, you know, free agency, transported. To the, what are your thoughts on this new era of collegiate athletics, particularly in football around NIL? Well, the first thing, the fact that these guys that contribute so much value to a billion-dollar business, which is NCAA football, that we know of, by the way, uh, the fact that they're getting paid is, is phenomenal. They should get paid. They should get paid as much money as somebody is willing to pay them. That is what they call capitalism, ladies and gentlemen. And by golly, if you're going to go out and, and, and bring that much value as some of these guys do to that industry, you should be compensated. And I'm very happy that's the case. Now, the big concern you're hearing from a lot of people is, well, it's going to change the face of college football. You're going to be able to just cherry pick the best teams and buy the best teams. You get the boosters involved and they're going to just pay these guys millions of dollars to come in and, and transfer through the transfer portal because it is so wide open. And, and we're just going to have these super teams. They're going to dominate the college football landscape. Well, for one – aren't there already kind of super teams as we know it, mm -hmm. Alabama, you know, Clemson, Ohio state. I mean, it's kind of been the same guys in that at ESPN invitational playoff for the last however many years. Right. <laughs> I mean, you got, you know, a few outliers there, but what's, what's different there. Well, the thing that I find interesting is those same kind of teams are the ones that are complaining about this. And why is that? Well, the reality is ladies and gentlemen, to your naive ears, people have been paying for college football talent for years and it's been illegal. And yeah, it's been the Alabamas, it's been the USC's, it's been these teams that have been elite. And uh, not a lot of it's been validated, but if you go talk to guys that have gone to these schools and uh, you know, now that the landscape is where guys are getting paid, you will find that they got paid to go to those schools and these schools now are upset. They lost their competitive advantage to recruit. Who really wants to go to Tuscaloosa or uh, you know, wherever, whatever the name of that town is in Alabama? Who really wants to go there? Come on. Yeah, if you pay guys six figures, yeah, he'll go there if, he, if he's making more money. Same with other places. But now that advantage is gone. So they're complaining, oh, this is terrible for college football. No, it's terrible for you guys because you, go, you, go, you don't longer, no longer have this advantage because you're willing to break the rules or find a system that circumvents those rules. Now everybody can pay legally. Uh, the second thing is I hear a lot of the, 
the these former players that are coming out saying how it's terrible for the game it's going to ruin the game as college football well you're being a player hater I, I find it to be more of a sense of jealousy than a sense of reasonability in, in terms of of saying that it's going to ruin the whole game because guys are getting paid because the reality is guys you look at all the professional sports baseball is a great example new york yankees they can they attempt to buy championships on a yearly basis okay they don't do it they don't win the championship every year okay in uh, the nfl there have been a number of years to where teams in free agency have attempted to buy themselves a championship couldn't do it i mean the jacksonville jaguars they were some of the most active uh players in the free agent market for the last four or five years paying guys tons of money and uh we know how they ended up yeah they picked number one overall which means they were terrible last year so that's the same in the in college football building a team is a lot more than just raw talent building a team is about loyalty cohesiveness chemistry it's about having guys from the grassroots that are walk-on zero star that got paid nothing that came in and, and became prominent players and look at the BYU Cougars you had two of the best players arguably on the team and Tyler Algier and also Peyton Wilger that are walk-ons these grassroots guys that came in with hardly you know any fanfare now or two of their top players that's what builds a program and so it's going to take more than just paying for players to create super teams it's going to take actually team building capabilities now you got to give credit to the guys like Nick Saban, you know, although they were able to pay for players before it was actually legal, uh, he's done a phenomenal job of building good teams. I mean, those guys are some of the best team players you'll find when you talk about Alabama players. And so it's still today the same as it's been always in college football, which is you still have to build the team to be successful. And there's a lot more to that than just going out and, and acquiring players and acquiring talent. Well said. Well said, as always. Brady, we uh, always appreciate the insight into uh, everything and the real talk. Yeah. It's always a pleasure to jump on with you guys. Hope I didn't defend anybody. If I did, then uh, tough. Deal <laughs> then uh, deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> Brady, thanks, man. Coming up, which former BYU running back uh, we think will have the most rushing yards in the NFL next season? Will it be Tyler Algier? There's we'll two start. to pick from. Let's go. Tyson Williams, maybe? Who knows? Oh, yeah, three to pick from. Probably not. (laughs) Big 12 uh, hoop stat that makes me sweaty. I'll tell you that one. This is BYU Sports Nation. That's uncomfortable. You all right? (laughs) BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Marisk, enabling global trade for a growing world. Trevor Nell, we know he'll be on the team next year. As for the rest of the roster, we're still figuring that out. (laughs) Everything's TBA. It's all good, man. He is Dave. I am Jerem. Welcome to this uh, Friday, May 6th on uh, Mother's Day weekend. Great to have everybody. I'm headed to Doctor Strange this afternoon. You going to go see that? Uh, I will see it, yeah. I wasn't like a midnight guy, last night guy on this one. But I'm looking forward to that one in Top Gun. Yeah, I think it's going to be great to go to the movies again. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Uh, Last night we went hard. We watched WandaVision series finale, Doctor Strange, a couple episodes of What If. We are ready to go for Doctor Strange. Okay, uh, continue to interact with the show by following us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Let's whip it. Google Whip Round presented by Marisk, your integrated container logistics company enabling global trade for a growing world. Big 12 leads all conferences in average net ranking this season. The ranking of 33. That's unbelievable, Dave. Yeah. Does Average. This, does this make you nervous in the conference for hoops? Uh, I w- no, because I was already pretty sweaty thinking about playing <laughs> in the Big 12. The next closest conference average net ranking is the Big 10 at 57. 
every game is a quad one or two minus like one in yeah. the Big 12. It's going to be so crazy. And because of all that, I don't mind the seven-player purge, departure, and rebuild. Prepare for it. To prepare for that. I'm I'm hoping BYU isn't going to band-aid with grad transfers for this year. Because yeah. the Big 12's looming. you got to have development for that. As I'd well. rather have them hang on to a scholarship and have an extra one to give out next year than to just give one out because you have it and, and, and give it to a player that, that you don't want to have a round for the Big 12. Right. All these additions have got to be first-year Big, Big 12. Big 12 in mind. Yeah. Uh, with the exception of perhaps one or two. I'm not saying no graduates, but, yeah, let's go. Yeah. The NFL tweeted out a video of Tyler Algier's awesome punch against Arizona State. <laughs> Will Tyler ever top that play? No. No, there's no way you can top it. It'll be shown in every NFL game the, all next season, yeah. and we're going to show it to you again right now. This might be the one millionth time it's been aired on this program. Uh, Make it one million more. I don't think you can top this. He's got some great plays ahead, but, man, under the circumstances and what this play actually meant to prevent an Arizona State touchdown early in the season as they're trying to build their their uh, psyche for the rest of the way, this one, that's a play of a lifetime. Think about what that meant. I'm not sure BYU wins that game if Arizona State scores right there. May not. Because they, they were losing momentum. Arizona State's about to take the lead. This is a 10-win season. We talk about BYU in very different terms if it's nine because no one cares about a single-digit season. Right. Win season. That play changed the entire narrative of BYU football. It's incredible. Yeah, that's why I think it stands alone, and we'll be looking at it for a long, long time. Kyle Van Noy made some sweet plays. He's got a new deal with the Chargers. Do you like him in powder blue? I think this is a good fit. Um, I, I think uh, he, he's going to play well. He's a veteran who knows what he's doing. He's not, he's not have the pressure of coming in and having to have a, a million tackles, a million interceptions. He's a veteran who will add to an already solid group. Uh, Justin Herbert's a good quarterback. Playing with house money. They underperformed a, bit a, lot, a little bit last year, but obviously you're in the same division now, though, with the Chiefs, who are awesome. Broncos just got Russell Wilson. That's a tough division. Raiders Ra got a lot better. Raiders are better. Yep. Yeah. But they, uh, the Chargers are coming. I, I'd want to be in that group if I was Kyle Van Noy. He's, he's going to Or L.A., San Diego, yep. the whole area is nice. going to He's going to be able to sack Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes. Oh, yeah. He's got uh, chances here. The NCAA Men's Hoops Rules Committee plans to clarify the definition of flopping and is discussing the option of calling a tech on a flop without a warning. They would do kind of this signal last year. Do you like this idea, and how do you define flop? I don't like the idea because they don't even know a definition of the flop. And we've heard various officials explain it in all these games where, where to one official that is a flop and to the other one it isn't. So the players don't quite know. The one who's flopping does know that they're going to flop. And there's some guys who are really good at it. And every now and then we see video guys who are really bad at it. Um, I, I don't like the flop, but I still think it has to be a judgment call. We're still trying to figure out what is a charge and what is a block. And, and it's all in the interpretation of the official. Um, in the first half, they're this. In the second half, they're that. Drives the coaches nuts and the players. So I don't know if we can define what a flop is. It's just you, you know it when you see it. Right. Like and it bot. should have some kind of penalty. Yes. But I think it needs a warning first. I want the warning as well because I don't trust the the officials to be consistent like you talked about. They also talked about in this that the kind of the head whip coming off the screen for the, the uh, player with the ball um, could be called as a flop on the offense, which is super interesting. Trying to sell well. some kind yep, of – trying to sell it. Yep, the James Harden. Yeah. Right? Do you remember when the Pistons played? They just went out there and beat everybody up. That was basketball. Now, we, now we're <laughs> – now we're Can't all, have that anarchy again. That was no. crazy, Dave. 
The it Jordan was, rules. We again? watched it though, didn't we? Uh, with LMU only having three conference games left for BYU softball, going to be hard for them to chase down first place. They always win first place, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen this year. However, they're at large overall performance could still put them in the tournament, which they always seem to go to. 50 in RPI right now. Probably a good spot. I've, I talked to the BYU coaching staff this morning. They said they're focused on winning out and just seeing what happens from there. I, I'm pretty confident if BYU wins out, they're in a good spot. 35-10 and 10 right now. Like, in, in league, just the two losses to LMU. BYU's playing great ball. they got a great reputation, program prestige. I'm confident BYU's making the turn. They should sweep Pacific starting tonight with a doubleheader. Let's go. Former Utah offensive lineman Isaac Asiata tweeted out that there will be a BYU versus Utah Call of Duty tournament. Which BYU Cougar players are you recruiting for your esports squad, dude? I'm not recruiting any. I'm not into that stuff. Come on. Call all the Coug Connect guys are who I'm getting. Follow them on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. They're all. They're always playing. I, I'm going with those guys. I want all those guys. Yeah. Mason Wake and and uh, all the uh, Malik Moore and all the guys. Let's yeah. just make sure the two teams get out on the field every year. Yes. Play football. Yes. Do in, it right. Not just in esports. Not just in esports. Okay. Then. Coming up, a special rise and shout to moms. And BYU's built depth at the key positions as they get closer to the Big 12. But what's the one position BYU needs to improve before it gets to the Big 12? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. For Cougar Sports game highlights, interviews, and archived content, subscribe to the BYU TV Sports YouTube channel. And subscribe today. It's a good friend to have as we head into the summer months. Fun fact about that highlight of Gunnar Romney catching that touchdown pass. He caught it on his high school. That, that was his high school teammate. Oh, really? For Arizona State? Yes, Lucas. I can't remember his first name. But Lucas kind of pats him like, hey, good job. Like they're buddies, right? <laughs> that was um, a big game. You know, Arizona State went after him hard. Yeah. And he chose BYU. Yes, he was a big-time four-star get. More of those guys. Yeah. More of those guys. The, the LDS they seem kids to be who want to be here. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Okay, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live in Studio B. We've talked about the uh, offensive line. BYU added to that yesterday, waiting for the announcement officially on another piece of that uh, group, which is exciting. And it's that's a really solid group. So let's talk about the offensive line and kind of what's coming back here. Um, kind of left to right on that starting offensive line, then some backups. Then we'll discuss kind of the position BYU needs to improve going into the Big 12. But Blake Freeland, last week a projection comes out, Dave, saying he could be the fifth pick next year, be which sweet. is just amazing. Backed up by Braden Kime, probably. Clark Barrington's back for like his 18th season. Seth Willis in the mix there. Connor Payne, Joe Tukuafu at center. Uh, Joe, probably the right guard with Campbell Barrington as a backup. And then, assuming Blake's the left tackle, which I think that's a safe assumption, Kingsley Suamatsia probably shifts to right tackle. Yeah. Harris Lachance, somewhere in there. I don't know if you put him at right guard. Yeah, Barrington was freshman All-American. He was okay last year, right? Can I He's give you my take on freshman All-American? We yeah. don't do this on anything else. We go, hey, you were good for a freshman. <laughs> you weren't good against everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which was cool. I'm not saying that. That's not... better than not being a freshman all American. Right. Yeah, you were just yeah. so-so as a yeah. freshman. We don't do it for any sophomores. We're not, hey, you were a sophomore all American. That's a great offensive line with some really solid backups of future studs. Campbell Barrington got a lot of run last year, like you mentioned. Harris Lachance is in there somewhere. You still have Dylan uh, Rollins and Ty- Tyson Lewis in the mix as well. That's a fantastic group. No concerns about the offensive line. In fact, that might be the most loaded group on this team, which is awesome. And that perhaps, and you just put out an article in the Deseret News, which was awesome about Christopher Brooks. Thanks. Perhaps that's why we're so confident that Christopher Brooks will succeed is because we know Chris is good, but also because this O-line is stacked. 
Yeah. When you think about, uh, and one thing I pointed out in the article, which you can read at the Deseret News, uh, Jamal Williams, all-time leading rusher at BYU, he ran behind Tijon Karoma at center, and Tijon was barely six feet on a good day and Let's barely go fast, go about hard guy. 275 yes. after a big meal. And uh, and now Brooks gets to run behind Connor Pay, who's 6'5", and what, uh, 293, 10, 295? Depends if he went to Cafe Rio for lunch. Every day. Yeah. That's the difference between what the line was when Jamal ran forever to the line that – that Brooks and, and Katoa and everyone else is going to run through the season, just with a one-center position, then they seem to get bigger as you move down the line. This is, this is solid, and it's solid for next year and the year after because there's a lot of youth in this group. We hope there's three NFL guys in the starting five, by the way, on the offensive line. We hope Blake Freeland's a, projected as the fifth pick. What? Uh, amazing. Okay, Kingsley Suamatia was a five-star out of high school. That means he was a projected first-round right. NFL draft pick exactly. five years uh, prior to, to getting to college, right? And then I think Clark Barrington could be an NFL guy as well. Not to mention some of the youth. We just need to see him play a little more. Yeah, That's exciting. Okay, no concerns with the O-line. No. So what's the position going into the Big 12? You feel like BYU needs to shore up a little more. I think the defensive line has taken a lot of heat because they were so young and they and they played so many guys. I think they played eight or nine guys on the D-line last year. Um, BYU and Elisa Tuiaki believes that that D-line, that front group is going to be one of the stories of the year. He said they're going to be much better than they were last year. And they weren't bad last year. Look who BYU won. And look look at the scores. They, they, there were some games that just got out of hand. But right out of the gate, Arizona and Utah and Arizona State, uh, what they average? I think they averaged 17 points a game. Those that, three was, that was tremendous. Like that. That's yeah. tremendous. And, and, uh, and, and BYU wasn't sacking everybody. Tyler Batty had a handful of them. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that that's an underappreciated group. And so we immediately go to that of, of uh, well, we know how stacked the O-line is. Why isn't the yeah. D-line stacked like that? We'll see this year because, again, Tyler Batty was a freshman last year, um, and he's got a chance to be a great edge rusher. Yes. Um, does he come back better this year? They, they believe he will. Uh, he had a great spring. Um, and I think that's probably the only mystery, and, and that's where everyone likes to dog is well, the D-line. Um, with the linebackers BYU has, the D-line uh, just needs to do his job and let the linebackers go in and make the tackles. That's typically what's happened over the years. And that's why the linebackers have so many more tackles than our – than the D-line, but I think this is an underappreciated group. So that that's the first one we circle. A lot of experience there that they hope improves, like you said. Tyler Batty and Earl Tuioti Mariners back, Atunai Samahe, Pepe Tanuvasa, Fisher Jackson, Caden Haas, Gabe Summers, Blake Mangelson, Lorenzo Falte back from injury, John Nelson. They all all those starts. guys played. Yeah. Isaiah Moa, a, a freshman coming out, Alden Tofa. Fortunately, Logan Fano tore his ACL. He was going to be a guy right. that was in the mix. But I want this group to be what – can it be what Utah has had? when Kalani was up there. I hope so, because what was happening was there were certain guys that BYU was going to get to come here. Didn't work out. They went up to Utah. They go to the NFL. That happened multiple times. That's not every Ute. I'm just saying there was a handful of those guys where it was like Kalani connected, where Kalani was so good as a DC, and those D-lines are getting a pass rush without a blitz. I'm hoping BYU can get to that point in the Big 12. That would be awesome. The 22-4, and right? The last 26 games, they're figuring it out. Offensively, I think it's being led there. Yeah. I think the defense, yes, if they can help in that regard where, hey, against Boise State, if you throw, uh, you, uh, you fumble it three times, you can still win that game. Right. That's where that comes in, hopefully, in the future. Coming up, our elite voice of the day. And today's Rise and Shout. 
This is BYU Sports Day. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation always available on demand via the free BYU TV and BYU Radio apps. More, more highlights against Utah. Oh, yeah. that's, that's what we need. Download the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. And don't forget, subscribe, rate, and review the show. Our question of the day, should BYU schedule Utah every year as a member of the Big 12? Is there anyone saying no on this? It feels like it's, uh, you know. General conference. There's here, always there's all always in favor. Some. Yeah. There's always some that are that are beyond it. Uh, but uh, but by and large, do you imagine if they were playing in September after last year, and 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 BYU mops them up, and then they go to the Rose Bowl, and BYU returns everybody, and they got there. Imagine if we were playing at Rice Eccles Ugh, on September third. I haven't, and now I am. Yeah, and it hurts. <laughs> Okay, uh, Harris Lachance weighing in on uh, Instagram, BYU offensive lineman. Yep. <laughs> That's all you need to say, Harris. We know, man. Thanks, Harris. Our elite voice of the day is presented by Sundance Mountain Resort at Quick Rick. BYU fan hymnal number 239. Play the game when the choice is placed before you. <laughs> I, yeah, there's Choose no, the right. There's no reason not to play this game. I don't, I don't think BYU is like Utah where it's like, we need to replace this with a more high-profile game. No, play with Utah. Now, if the Big 12 comes out and says you play nine conference games and BYU decides, you know what, we're going to play one high-profile non-conference game, it's Utah or it's something bigger, I, I could see where, okay, maybe you decide that's the new philosophy, but I, you and I agree we would love Utah to be on there, period. Yeah. Like just every year, no matter what. Take the drama out. Take the politics out. Do all of that. Do just it. schedule it and then schedule everybody else. Today's Rise Shout-Out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Shout-out to all the moms everywhere. Happy Mother's Day to everybody. Happy Mother's Day. Yeah, enjoy the weekend. Our thanks to today's guests, Brady Pinga. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Sorry to Dennis. We ran out of time. Shout-out to Jay Naylor. For Dave, I am Jerem. Go Cokes! Have a good one.